Welcome to a patient safety podcast from Crico. Crico is the patient safety and medical malpractice company owned by and serving the Harvard medical community since 1976. A 46-year-old woman was seen by her PCP for a complaint of constipation and bleeding with bowel movements over the previous five weeks. The patient had a history of hemorrhoids, and the PCP ordered a referral to GI for sigmoidoscopy. That study revealed formed stool and a small polyp in the rectum. Biopsy results showed colonic mucosa and mild fibromuscular hyperplasia with no evidence of adenoma. Over the next year and a half, the patient was seen at the PCP's practice several times for episodic care. Then she came in for an urgent visit with weight gain and constipation. The doctor prescribed lactulose and told her to increase fiber in her diet and consider a colonoscopy at some point. Four months after that, she returned with the same symptoms and was referred for a colonoscopy. But before she could keep that appointment, she presented to the ED with acute lower left quadrant abdominal pain and emesis after taking the colon prep. A CT scan of the abdomen showed a cystic mass in the pelvis with metastases consistent with ovarian cancer. Three days later, the patient underwent a total abdominal hysterectomy and resection of the bowel tumor. The pathology report revealed metastatic adenocarcinoma of the sigmoid colon. She died three months later. The family sued the PCP, alleging a negligent delay in diagnosis and treatment of colon cancer, resulting in the death of the patient. The case was settled for more than a million dollars. To talk about the risk management and patient safety issues involved in this case, we're joined by Dr. Helen Shields. Dr. Shields is chair of the Colorectal Advisory Group for CRICO and a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, where she's in the Division of Gastroenterology. Uh, Helen, where do we start when we look at this case and start to think about what's behind this diagnostic delay? I think one of the biggest problems for this lady was her age of 46. Because between 40 and 50, doctors are often unsure how to deal with a patient who has rectal bleeding. She had two symptoms, though, interestingly enough. She had both rectal bleeding and constipation, which actually doubled the chance that she might have something significant wrong with her. Uh, And so this patient, because she was in her 40s, was sent uh, for, very belatedly, for a flexible sigmoidoscopy. It wasn't the urgency that one would have preferred, uh, and it wasn't done that quickly. Then when the procedure was done by a gastroenterologist, the procedure was inadequate because there was form stool, so the doctor never got to the lesion that was discovered 16 months later as having metastasized throughout her abdomen. So the sigmoid adenocarcinoma that was well within the reach of the flexible sigmoidoscope wasn't discovered because form stool was there and the patient was not asked to come back immediately for a repeat procedure where the whole uh, sigmoid and descending colon could properly be seen. That's something that possibly both physicians could have spotted. Yes, So it's disappointing that the gastroenterologist who did the procedure didn't take the patient and say, let's give you enemas and bring you right back on the table or bring you back tomorrow because the procedure really wasn't a full procedure when only a little bit of the territory could be seen. What else can we 
say about the communication and the collaboration between these two clinicians for this one patient? It would have been nice for the original primary care physician to have sent an email note or some sort of note to the gastroenterologist saying, could you see this patient for both constipation and bleeding? Do you think the flexible sigmoidoscopy is adequate? Should a colonoscopy be done? Maybe even getting the consult. That would have been ideal from the gastroenterologist ahead of time. It's been shown in a United States study that if the patient is sent to the gastroenterologist for bleeding or another symptom, that there's more chance that they'll follow the prep correctly, get the exam done more quickly and expeditiously, and be, have more adherence to the whole plan if they've seen the specialist. But if that's not going to happen, that the actual full consult is not going to be done, at least a little note to say, could you do her quickly? And Uh, tell me what the findings are, and should we proceed to a colonoscopy? The doctor did find a polyp, and instead of saying, well, that was a normal finding, one could look at that polyp and say, it may be a hamartoma or an overgrowth of normal tissue, and sometimes those polyps actually are part of a polyp syndrome that needs to be discussed and managed. So I think this patient fell through the cracks on many levels, Uh, with the initial not getting her very quickly to the Flexig, then the inadequate prep, and then no attention to redoing the procedure to getting it correct, meaning doing the proper procedure and seeing we're supposed to see between 40 and 60 centimeters. It sounds like from the case that about 10 to 20 centimeters were seen. What are the top issues for us to think about in terms of preventing this kind of an outcome by changing some things in our practices? The first thing is when you have a rectal bleeder is to flag to your administrator or scheduler or to the gastroenterologist that it is a diagnostic procedure that you want within two weeks, that you do not want it to go two months as happened here. So it's incumbent upon you to have some system in place where this person goes to the head of the line. They don't get into the queue with people who are having just screening. So this is diagnostic, and it has an urgency to it because rectal bleeding is an unknown until you've made the diagnosis. So that would be number one. Number two is to have a line of communication with your gastroenterologist. Most people use two to three or four people and would be to shoot the email to that person saying, I'm sending Mrs. So-and-so to you. Let me know what the findings are and how she does. So I'm interested in this case. So also looking at the quality of the procedure, that would have helped at the primary care physician once they source form stool on the report that came to them should have communicated back and said, shouldn't this patient have a repeat procedure, even if the GI person is so busy that they've let it fall through the cracks. Thank you, Dr. Helen Shields of the Division of Gastroenterology at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. I'm Tom Agello. This has been a patient safety podcast from Crico. More information about Crico and efforts at Harvard to deliver the safest healthcare in the world is available on our website at www.rmf.harvard.edu.